Hi everyone, it's Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. The regular season is upon us, so lots to discuss on SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. The Golden Knights set to begin the regular season at T-Mobile Arena on Thursday, October 4th, against the Flyers. So, who will make the opening night roster? How might injuries affect that list of 23 players? And what do the line combinations look like? How about the defensive pairs? We also examine the Golden Knights' early schedule, the Pacific Division contenders, and NHL news across the board. We also have a special visit from owner of the D, Derek Stevens, with a preview of Saturday's watch party at the Downtown Convention Center. It's SLGND. The Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave. I am Some Guy Named Dave. Thanks very much, Dan Duva. The Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast, hashtag SLGND, coming to you from the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights from Andiamo Restaurant, our usual corner booth, table for four, as the... Golden Knights get set to begin uh, very, very soon. Their second NHL season. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva, but I am some guy named Dave. And uh, our friendly confines here, nice little uh, setup away from the people. Nobody wants to see us. Nobody needs to see us. <laughs> I thought you were going to say away from Gary because you're on the opposite side. Yeah, of the I'm on the other side of the him. table from Gary. But uh, our gracious host here at the D and Andiamo. Um, having us here for our podcast, and well, here it is, guys. I mean, it's it's funny how um, you know they played until June seventh last year, and it's it, and it wasn't a log off season, but it kind of seems like it is. And finally, they get going for real on Thursday night, Shane. Well, a long preseason, a successful one, uh, but that doesn't really mean anything because there's no points awarded. But I, I guess if anything, you take a little bit of confidence from uh, winning some games and getting ready. Uh, this is what it's all about. Everybody's so excited just to get to the regular season, get to play these games that are going to matter for points. Uh, you know, rosters are getting filled out. And for the Golden Knights, we certainly saw one thing we know for sure come over here, the fans will be ready because uh, preseason, once again, uh, T-Mobile proved that it is the best arena in the league, not only regular season, but now preseason and postseason and any time of the year. The crowds in the preseason were absolutely ridiculous ridiculous what you know they packed it um you know we've said a few times shane there's teams that would give anything to have six thousand seven thousand <laughs> for an exhibition game and every crowd they had in the ex the the exhibition season got higher and higher and higher including you know the final the final exhibition game and it's um but i'm curious to see now you know come the opener on october the 4th you know some festivities they're probably gonna have a couple of banners raised before the game that's correct. What that's going to be like, you know, I think Dan from a, you know, it, it, the the building's off the charts every every home game, but after a phenomenal first season, fans can't wait to get season two underway. Yeah, and just around T-Mobile Arena, uh, before and after the preseason games, there's a buzz that. I'm not sure it was even there during some of the regular season last year. You see people wearing jerseys and talking about the games. And people, when you're um, you know, online at the grocery store or you know, you're sitting at a light in traffic, you see Golden Ice logos everywhere. And I think that over the course of a full season of hockey, people who had a passing interest or maybe a curiosity in the team truly became fans. And as they learned the game, they became more passionate. So now I think, um, come October 4th, the people that are at the games know the game even better, and they're embracing it even more. And people who are new to the sport, even if they haven't been to a game, want to be part of it in some way. So if that's being outside to, to come to a watch party when the team is on the road, or Toshiba Plaza, just the whole atmosphere, following the broadcast, tuning into SLGND, the podcast, it's amazing uh, that it has grown so much in just one year. Well, you mentioned if you were sitting at a light, you have plenty of time. The lights here are too long. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be that, rectified. That's one negative. Yeah, that's the negative. That's we gotta fix the, the timing of the lights has to be fixed mm-hmm. big time. But um, yeah, you can't go anywhere. You can't go five minutes without seeing yeah. some sort of Golden Knights paraphernalia. Uh, Lawman. So the uh, Golden Knights lineup. What are you What are you looking at here? There's been some as we sit here. Uh, you know, some moves here today. Alex Tuck 
be placed on the IR. So their lineup come Thursday. Uh, what do you anticipate? Well, I don't think Cody Eakin will be available to them yeah. <clears throat> Thursday as well. So uh, you take those two guys out. We know that they have uh, that Daniel Carr and um, uh, Curtis McKenzie cleared waivers. So they're headed to Chicago. So I think they'll have 8D. The extras will be Brad Hunt and Jake Bischoff. Bischoff. Yep. And then uh, the f- first line we know will be Carlson, Marcius Smith. The second line, Statsny, Pacioretty, and Halla. The third line, Oscar Lindbergh in between Thomas Nosek and Ryan Carpenter. And then the fourth line, Pierre-Edouard Belmar with uh, the wrecking crew of uh, Will Carrier and Ryan <laughs> Reeves. So that's... Uh, now, I wonder if they're going to recall someone from Chicago uh, at some point or if one of the guys that they waived to Chicago won't go right away because they're, they're going to want to have an extra forward around. Um, yeah, they'll th- need someone. Yeah. Exactly. Probably more especially for the trip after yeah. that home opener to, to bring an extra body. Yeah, Daniel on, Carr has been that guy who's yeah. played on both the third line and the fourth yeah. line. And again, it's worth noting that you can be placed on waivers and clear waivers but not necessarily report to the minor league team immediately. And that that waiver period is, is not just over in one day. It extends for a period of time so you can have a guy come up and and be part of it and Daniel Carr um, considering the players available with the injuries to Tuck and and Eakin you'd think that he would be that guy. It is interesting though you know and and Gerard Gallant and George McPhee both made this point during training camp you look at how the Golden Knights last year for the most part everything went right for them you know they they had to deal with some adversity and Marc-Andre Fleury probably at the top of that list in terms of key guys they lost they were third third or fourth in the league in man games lost to injury last year and were able to overcome it. To start off this year, Alex Tuck on the IR, Cody Eakin probably, he's not going to be ready to go in the opener. No Nate Schmidt right off the bat. You miss him for the first 20 games. So they're dealing with some stuff right away, you know, whereas last year it took it took a little while, you know, Flurry, but Flurry got hurt, what, the fifth or sixth game of the year? It was but, the fourth game. Well, fourth, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe even right. the fourth game of the year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's what I well, that, they deal with some stuff right away. That said, maybe it's better to deal with it off the start. I don't know, but this is a team that really was resilient last year, and they've never let that affect. There was never an excuse. And, you know, head coach Gerard Glantz thought, you know, if everyone's healthy, there was going to be some good players out of the lineup, some tough decisions. Well, now there isn't. You're getting if you're here, especially if you're forward and you're healthy, you're in. And the guy, you know, the line I look at is that line of Lindbergh, Nosek, and Carpenter. Uh, those guys are getting opportunity, so it's up to them now because it's going to be a fight to stay in the lineup. They're going to have to prove along with Will Carey, and you could even throw Ryan Reeves who played well. Those are the guys. Those five are fighting to kind of stay in this lineup at a regular pace. And they're going to get a good chance here with a couple guys out. And, and I think that just brings up the competition, and that brings up the level of play. Uh, and defensively, uh, I think, you know, to start, Brad Hunt, Jake Bischoff be the guys out. Merrill and Nick Holden, who I was really pleasantly surprised with, liked the way he played, scored a goal, so he got a little bit of confidence. We're going to see Theodore England and McNabb and Miller um, to start the season. Um, and, and it's by committee, these guys. I think they... they the mentality hasn't changed for the Golden Knights. Their recipe for success, now it's about executing, going out and playing that same style, that fast pace. Obviously, Eakin and Tuck, that's a bit of speed out of the lineup. That might be one thing that they're missing. Carpenter, those guys, they don't have the same speed levels they do, but they can maybe make up for it in other areas. That is the one thing that... Uh... Uh, the speed level of the Golden Knights has dropped to start the season. Schmidt, and then you mentioned uh, uh, Tuck and Eek, and those guys b- do bring speed to the lineup, which has been a huge advantage to the Golden Knights. And being banged up to start the season, sometimes you know you'd rather be. Some you'd hear people say you'd rather be banged up now than at the end. I'm not so sure. This first road trip is um, is going to be tough, and it, you. In today's NHL, you can't make the playoffs in October, but you can miss them. You, you know, you well, you last year showed how important a start is. You get in a hole early, and then you're you're playing chase for a long time. You get ahead, you get up, you get you know four or five games above 500, puts you in a really good place to start the season. You know, you give yourself there was that old stat. It, it still holds true by U.S. Thanksgiving teams that are in the top eight usually make it. Not always, but. The, the overwhelming majority of the time 
um, they do. You mentioned the defense pairs, Nigel. What do you? So the question was going to be, right, who's going to play with Braden McNabb now that there's no Nate Schmidt? What do you make of uh, how it's shaken? You know, Theodore and England are going to be together. We understand that, but with Colin Miller paired up with McNabb, what do you think Ryan McGill's thought process was? With well, it's a chance for Miller to play, you know, extended minutes. He, yeah. He's moving up. This is a guy who had a career season last year, 41 points. Uh, we know what he can do offensively. Uh, I think the one thing with Colin Miller, he's a really good skater. It's about making, uh, for him, he can skate himself out of trouble, but we've, we've said this before, yeah. but sometimes he can hang on to that half second too long. So it's about distributing the puck, recognizing that time to make the play before he hangs on to it too long. I think he, he and he did that. You can see at the end of the year. So he's going to get a chance in an elevated role. That's what you want as a player to go out and, and do what he can. That said, Nick Holden, Braden McNabb, I think there's options for, you know, for Ryan McGill. If if you, you know they're not shut down, uh, the shutdown pair they're looking for a McNabb Holden who can hold in left hand shot and play the right side. That's another option. Uh, Holden played uh, all over the lineup with the New York Rangers last yeah. year. Not so much with the Bruins, but some nights due to injury, Holden would be in the top four. He'd be in the top pair. He'd be in the bottom pair. It just uh, he has uh, he has he's big and he can skate. As we saw the other night, he can shoot the puck. Well, too. he had 11 goals and 34 points just two seasons ago with Colorado. Yeah. So there there is. A, an offensive side to his probably game. playing with Tyson Berry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but at the same time, yeah, a no, lot of times sure. when you're that defensive guy playing with an offensive yep. guy, you're you're not the guy shooting a whole lot. So, no uh, but I, I like Nicole. I thought he played really well last game. Just little details to his game. Big guy skates well. Great defensive stick. A yeah, big upgrade. I thought. Like you know, I mean, when you when you thought of where they were, not to point fingers, but the bottom pairing really struggled in the Stanley Cup final last year and you 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 put Nick Holden into that situation and they're they're stronger a pairing of Holden and Miller I was really excited to see you know how how they would work together and we will down the road when Nate Schmidt returns but uh, um, to me obviously Patrick and Statsny were the big names and everyone said oh they didn't get Carlson they didn't get Carlson well Talking to some of the pro scouts with the Golden Knights, they were like, "What's wrong with our defense? We went to the Stanley Cup with that defense. We upgraded. We we like the the way we did it by committee. They all played around 18 minutes type type thing, except for except for Schmidt. And then they were of the viewpoint that Holden was an upgrade. Miller was going to be a year better. Theodore was going to be a year better." And Nate Schmidt was getting... People forget, none of those three guys were regulars the year before. And then they all became... Last year was just their first year at really having a full, full-time work in the National Hockey League. The growth was there. That This blue line was going to be better. And then the 20-game suspension to Schmidt. What's the expression? Yeah. Man plans and God throws a wrench that into it. That said, though, how excited can you get about a Shea Theodore when you watch what he did after coming yeah. in, not I'm skating? Kidding, eh? Two practices with the team. One was just a short one. And then he goes out and played just under 21 minutes. I think he had four shots on goal. An assist in that first preseason game he played. Like... This is a guy I am very curious. I think his ceiling's way up there. When he reaches it, I don't know. Hopefully right away. But uh, I, I think there's huge potential for what he's capable of. You know, and the other thing is, guys, it's easy to forget that if you looked back a year ago at this time what the Golden Knights lineup looked like, remember the, it was a guy, uh, Vadim Shipashev. <laughs> he was around briefly. Yeah. Um, no Carlson line. Carlson was a winger. Right playing wing they didn't get put together until the seventh game of the year against st louis um carlson scores in overtime his first goal of the year but you know shea theodore in chicago alex tuck in chicago so as much as we try to kind of handicap all right what it's going to look like to begin with and we, we probably have a better idea now but you know last year gary it was it took a while before everything kind of fell into place the way it did one of Gerard Glott's biggest challenges was figuring out what he had. These were, you know, you, you may have watched a player play somewhere else, but the players he really knew were Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau, and he he put them together right away. Like they, he, the rest of it though was really new to him and and to his staff. And I think they kind of, you know, one of the things that they did in training camp was they didn't really worry about where guys were going to be. They wanted to figure out who they liked and who they didn't like. And and so get down to the guys that they liked as quickly as possible. And then 
figure out how they all fit together and uh, it's you know it it's really amazing like when you talk to a to a general manager or to a coach and you talk about what happened last year they'll be talking for a while and then they'll stop and they'll be like like that shouldn't have happened man like it should have taken them it should have taken them half the season to figure out that Carlson should be at center with those guys it shouldn't have it shouldn't have all snapped together like Lego in a month and then roll on the way it did so it, it, uh, it, it and then <laughs> I won't name them but one of our uh, one of uh, the Golden Knights pro scouts was at a game earlier early in the year and the Golden Knights had won three or four in a row and the record was starting to go pretty good and I and this was before any of us knew what was going to happen and I, I kind of said to him kiddingly break up the Knights and he looked at me and said oh we will yes <laughs> we will like at that point in time the yeah. plan was still sell off the parts for assets that could be used to build the team for the future. Dragalot just traded uh, sorry, George McPhee just traded Nick Suzuki. Think about that for a second. To land Max Pacioretty so he could put him on an extension and try and win now and it's uh, like when you flip back to a year ago that's really what kind of strikes me is that it's win now. That Like that there's there's no George McPhee wouldn't even admit that last year, right up until the deadline, and then when he traded for traded three picks for Tatar, it was like, okay, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> hey, we're in it to win it. We're in it to win it. <laughs> you know, but that was February. I hope so. You're one of the best teams in the league. Um, Nige, what's been so? One of the big questions coming into this is, and you know, where's Eric Holler going to fit in all this? Right. What have been your impressions of seeing him on the wing? so far and do you think long term he's there or is he somewhere else I don't know if I've seen enough Okay, I, I still think he's a guy who wants to play center yeah. um, without question I, I like and I know you guys you get, we were all there I can't remember if it was a week ago or Gerard Gallant they were asking him does the player you know he says no the players don't tell me where to play he says I don't know and I love this quote he said I let them figure it out he's going to put guys in positions to succeed it's up to them to succeed. The Carlson line, like you said, Gary said, it snapped together Lego. Who knew that was going to happen? But that's when you know you have it. So I think, you know, we're going to see Patch Reddy and Stashy. They're going to get together. That's going to be your due. And a lot of coaches are like that. They work in pairs, and then they find that matching third piece. Uh, Eric Howell is going to be the first one to get the opportunity to play there, to play in the wing. I, I think guys with speed sometimes can really elevate their game playing on the wing because they can use their speed. He's, you know, centerman does a little less responsibility. You're up and down the wing. You can get in on the forecheck. Uh, you know, can he adapt to that, or is he a guy that's going to maybe give them a deeper top nine if he moves to that third-line center? This is a skill that you can talk about because it's the one thing that I've watched uh, from Eric Halla and thought, can he figure this out? The puck is deep in the defensive zone, and his spot is along the wall yep. with his back to the to the blue line, and the puck comes up the wall to him, and it's his job to make sure it gets out. And that skill, it used you know you the guys that are really good at it, they create transition. But it's it that is the in terms of the defensive part of the game and. And the transition game, that's the biggest skill to figure out, is it? Well, absolutely. It's about taking the puck off, whether you're using your skate, your stick, <laughs> off the wall, and then you got to do that with a defenseman because most teams play a hard pinch where yep. they're, they're rotating, so someone's coming down that wall at you. So you've got to find that separation. You need support from players. you got to read it. Um, so and that, it becomes that, that an is instinct. the biggest thing. It absolutely. becomes an instinct. Like a quarterback, a in, skill the, a quarterback in the yeah. pocket, he knows one, two, three, okay, someone's about to hit me in the middle of the back. Yeah. And that's when you, you know when that, that D-man coming down. And that doesn't happen overnight where you grow that, 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 that instinct where you know, okay, I got to do something, or I've got to, or I got to hold it against the wall and take the blow, or I've got an opportunity to create. You've got to read the defenseman on the pinch, and just like the defenseman pitching is reading, is he going to throw it to the middle for a center when you get your stick there? Is he going to try and sneak it by the wall? You take away the wall. Uh, those are all things he's got to learn here playing the wing. And the biggest thing too is sometimes it's not going to be a direct pass; it's going to be that rim around, or yes, like you said, a yeah. slow puck. So see on his onside, offside, picking up off the skate, stick to skate. Uh, and those, he, hey, he's a highly skilled player. I, I don't, 
I think he can handle it mm -hmm. for sure. I think he's a guy that can can play there. And if he wants to play top six minutes, this is a great chance. Like, who wouldn't want to play with Max Pacioretty or Paul Stashney? I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that are vying for that spot, and he's going to be the first one to get the chance. And I wonder, too, guys, if, uh, you know, look, right now he's on the IR. Tuck's on, Alex Tuck's on the IR. But I know they feel good. Look, they've got seven guys for the top six spots right now. I mean, we know the first line, right? And you got Pacioretty, Stastny, Tuck, Hollow. You got seven guys to play there. I would love to see, and it's for down the road, if they could go out and improve on that, like on, on that right wing. I'm just throwing it out there. Artemi Panarin's <laughs> going to be a free agent. Mark Stone's going to be a free agent. If they they have not been well, shy about well, making here, here, before, trades. Before we so, get there, I right? would like to say I, I I would love to see them in-house first try a Tomas Nosek on that line. And then right. how about an Eakin, Howla, and Tuck line? How much deeper does your lineup become yep. because of that? Then all of a sudden you got this nine. And, and hey, that's not whoever Belmar, Reeves, carried that line plays well, Lindbergh, Carpenter. Uh, to me, that just makes such a deep lineup. But again, this is, you know, we're right. playing a little bit you of just, fantasy. But you just mentioned Lindbergh. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I look back at last year and I wonder why Oscar Lindbergh didn't fit in because he's a guy that can skate. He thinks the game well. He had some good playoff games. Yeah. He can shoot the puck. He never got a chance. And he, he never really worked for him. But I like to me, uh, isn't Oscar Lindbergh a 15 goal? Well, he scored 13 two years ago you in know, New York. So. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, like they've got a little bit of depth there as well. Now to get to your other point, oh, this yeah. this is the strength here, right? Because uh, Doug Wilson, if he's going to re-sign. Eric Carlson, and you have to imagine he's gonna. They're gonna wait till the trade deadline when he can then offer him a max deal. He can only sign him to seven years up until the trade deadline. After the trade deadline, he can offer him a max a max deal of eight years, and he needs that extra year to bring the AAV down into a. You know, if he has to sign him to seven years, it's gonna be twelve, thirteen million bucks. If it's eight years, he can probably get him at eleven. So he needs that extra year to make his cap work, but it takes him out of the picture. And Vegas has now become one of the most desired places in the National Hockey League to play. And you mentioned, so there's Panarin, there's Duchesne, there's Sergei Bobrovsky, there's Mark Stone. Stone. All That's just four guys from two teams that are going to be available on July 1. None of those guys are resigning where they are. Maybe Duchesne would sign and resign in Ottawa under some crazy circumstance. Mark Stone's not resigning there. Bobrovsky and Panarin are not resigning in Columbus. All of a sudden, George McPhee has a ton of cap space. He's got a war chest and he's got a place that players like to go. Vegas could be the biggest player yeah. of all yeah. in next year's free in next year's free and at the same time free. you wonder Gary about well let's say that maybe one of these guys like Alex Tuck uh, turns into a guy who does score 25 goals and who knew that William Carlson was going to do what he did last year yeah. could you have predicted a year ago that not only was William going to be a 43 goal score but that top line yeah. would be inseparable mm -hmm. right so who knows what is to take place between now and you know, the next month, now in the deadline, and certainly between now and July 1st. And I think that that's what I'm most intrigued in seeing early on here. Talk about seven games until yeah. we saw Carlson, Marcia, so and Smith. Well, if Alex Tuck is starting the season on injured reserve and Eric Halla is there, what if it doesn't quite click? What if it awesome. takes some time? At what point... Does Alex Tuck get a shot? Well, and, and that's my point, though. Why is everybody's said it's between Howla and Tuck? Why can't it be yeah. somebody else for that balance in your lineup? And I, I that's agree. my question, to you guys. Do you, would I honestly would like to see that look just yeah. just to yeah. balance that top? I'm nine. with you, Shane. I, and I bring up those two names because those are the two that seem to have been talked about the most. And Gerard Gallant has acknowledged you know, Howla as a top six player, and Alex Tuck is someone at times who last year did play in the top six when. You know, Perron was unavailable. Tuck was there on that second line. So those are the two guys. Here's that my jump only out. thing: is, is a, I would like to see Tuck maybe earn it a little bit more than have it given. Howla yeah. played there. You know, it's Tuck's yeah. second year. You want it? Go get it. And right. then if he earns it, absolutely. Because I believe size, skill, speed, he's got all the tools you need to be successful and be a 20, 25 goal guy. And like Shane was saying, <clears throat> excuse me, too, Dan, is Nosek a guy? He's had a really good camp. Yeah. You know, we saw in the first preseason game when they he played up with Carlson and Marcheseau. 
at three points that night. He can play anywhere in the lineup. Yeah, the last exhibition game, he scores two short and goals. Yeah. And you can see his confidence yes. is brimming. You know, and it's is he, almost tangible. Is he somebody now that are his first full year in the NHL last year, played predominantly on that fourth line, but with an opportunity potentially, you know, because you know if they if they're going to start the season here Thursday, it looks like it's going to be him along with with Lindbergh and Carpenter on a third line. Yeah, but if it's not working for Howell up there. You know, how long, you know, I, I think there's a leash there. I mean, the guy scored 29 goals for you last year. He had a good season. But yeah. I think it does afford uh, Gerard Gallant the, the luxury of, if it's not yeah. going, does he have the, you know, all coaches are big on trust. How much do they trust their guys? I think he trusts Nosek enough to put him up there. And if it's not going, well, give it a shot. How has earned the right? Yes, sure, to yes. start, no for question. sure. Absolutely. I'm with, I'm with you, Shane. But, and the other thing, too. It's great to have that internal competition. You don't want a guy to be sitting on that spot thinking, "I'm here no matter what." You want a guy thinking, mm-hmm. "Well, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't do what I need to do, meaning play the right way and earn the coach's trust, and also produce." There's another guy waiting for you. Uh, and the there's the other thing. I, if I'm a guy who wants to be successful and have a solid line, you're that third line. Let's say you're rolling out against the five, six defensemen on yeah, the other absolutely. team. Yeah, but also, who knows what the timetable is for Alex Tuck's return, Cody Eakin's return, because if those two guys come October 4th are on injured reserve, that means that there's not a numbers issue in terms of the 23 for a roster. If Tuck and Eakin are short-term injuries and they come back, somebody's got to come off the roster, and who is that guy going to be? And that's what we were talking about earlier. Who is going to be that person? Whether it's, you know, Carr obviously had been sent down, uh, McKenzie sent down, but at some point, if Tuck and Eakin are healthy, who's going to be that person on the outside well, looking they're, in? They're only, I think they're only at 22 right now. Correct? Right, right now, yeah. So, yeah, so you put them back, you get to 24, you got to get to 23. My guess is they Jake Bischoff does not need waivers. They could go with 7D for the, the short term, send Bischoff to Chicago, and if a, a defenseman gets hurt, he's a phone call away. That's my guess yeah. as to how that would shake right. out. And, and, of course, last year we saw almost exclusively eight defensemen yeah. on the roster, and that's the wiggle room there, Gary, because if, you're, if you know the group of six you're going to play, Play, do you need two extra defensemen? You know, probably no, not. I, I, and and, and uh, you can't you never play. have enough defensemen. No, you can't. <laughs> right shot, but, D. But, but right if, shot, D. But, but if they don't require waivers, they can go to Chicago and wait there. There you go. And, and then play games. And then that at least gives you 20 games or roughly a month and a half until Nate Schmidt comes back. Yeah. And maybe that's when you have that hard decision if everybody's healthy and if no one has separated himself. You know, yeah, maybe well, the, somebody the, has claimed that spot. The Nashville Predators and St. Louis Blues would be, we'd just be waiting for Brad Hunt to be put on waivers again. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. both grab him in a heartbeat. The Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast coming to you from the Andiamo Restaurant. Great steakhouse here at the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Quick reminder for you, friends, that the Foley Food and Wine Society was created by Bill and Carol Foley to celebrate three of their greatest passions in life, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding destinations. And as a member of the society, you'll have access to their entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. And they look forward to hosting you during your next visit. We've kind of covered lines, line up, the D, what about the flower coming off? Of, uh, he's going to start. I think he'll be he'll be the number one goalie, <laughs> uh, the netminder. I guess the question is, in a smaller sample size last year because of the injury, because of the of the, of the concussion where he missed two months, uh, but also due to his really fantastic play all year, best numbers career wise goals against a save percentage in his career, and that's saying something because he's been on great teams, Stanley Cup teams, had real good seasons. Um, when you look at it right now, Gary, with with Flurry, do you ex- can he keep up that level, or does it does it come down a tick? Here, here's the thing for me: it's not one goalie save percentage; it's the team save percentage. Mm-hmm. And last year, the team save percentage was nine thirteen. Mark Andre Flurry's save percentage was nine twenty seven. So, it, let's say it drops to nine twenty. 
It's the other area, the 20 games that Malcolm Subban or whoever is going to play. That's the area that I'm concerned about yeah. because those games can't be free spots on the bingo card for the opposition. You, they need, when Marc-Andre Fleury needs a blow, when he needs a rest, they need a guy to come in and stop the puck and give them an opportunity to win. Um yeah, Malcolm Subban was not very good in, uh, in, in his one preseason game. But I don't put that on him because he hadn't played since last March. Uh, to me, uh, I would have preferred if he had played early in the preseason, played in the first or second game. We knew Danske and, and, and Legacy were going to Chicago. And who went to Quad Cities? Not Quad Cities. Uh, Ficali? Yeah, yes. Zach Ficali. Zach Ficali. Where did he go? Yeah, it's Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, yeah. That was Quad City last year. They folded. So you knew all those things. So I get wanting to give them an opportunity, but the NHL team was the one that that gets the Stanley Cup. But that didn't happen, so now... No, so now he's played, he had a rough start, and the next time he plays is going to be in Washington or Pittsburgh. (laughs) And that's not going to be a day, that's not going to be a day at the beach. No. Have a good time. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the question. Which game? You know, you, you, it's hard to conceive they would not play Marc-Andre Fleury in Pittsburgh. Right. So they got back-to-back, right? They go to Washington on this trip on the Wednesday and then Pittsburgh the next night. Well, maybe he plays both of those and Subban plays the last game of the trip in Philadelphia. Maybe. I mean, it's early in the season. Right. You know, it's not the end of the world for a goalie to play on consecutive days. I know he's, you know, 33, 34. It's a, but lot, it's a ton of emotion in those two yeah, games. Yeah. Like the Washington game is... Sure, it's right. The the team you just but if you're Mark Andre Fleury, don't you want to play both of those games? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He wants yep. to play all 82. Yeah, but yeah, those. I, I hear what you're saying. Those two in particular, their 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 premium, their A games, as Todd Pollock would say when he's uh, yeah. selling gold and, 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 and in my judgment, you know that last game of the trip in Philadelphia, <laughs> that's sort of the letdown game after Pittsburgh, after DC. Fleury, if as you say, maybe spent emotionally. That's where you give Subban a game. That's my. That, that's what I would do. Or but. you give him Buffalo. Well, yeah, you could do that too. But it's it's so yep. early in the season. You know that's that's what game. Regardless three. of what game you give Subban. He, He's coming off a not a confident performance, and his no. only one since in four last four or five months. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know what, Dan? How do you say that? That's um, because they don't play again. So they play the game in Phillies on Saturday, and they play at home Tuesday. Am I right on that? Come back home yeah, for that home a travel day. Yeah. I think it's Tuesday. So if you could play Flurry Wednesday, Thursday, he's not going to play again. The team doesn't play again. I think until the following. Well, they play Saturday and get in Philly, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Come back home on the Tuesday. That might not be a bad idea. Early in the season, play them back-to-back. Well, let's send Dan into the coach's room. Dan, if you could text Turk now. Okay. I'll let him know it. what it's you not think. I'll talk to David Pryor. Yeah. Yeah. Text yeah. David Pryor and let him know what you think. Yeah, Dave and I are uh, pretty yeah. tight, so I'll, I'll let him know. Am I, and then you've got the schedule dialed up there. The, the home stand, it's a, the, and the games are fairly spread right. out. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll, I'll t- I mean, there's when they come back from that trip, right? So you got a, a Monday in Buffalo, a Wednesday in Washington, a Thursday in Pittsburgh. Then, to cap the trip, it's Saturday in Philadelphia. Okay, Sunday is off. Monday, there's no game. Then you've got Tuesday against Buffalo at home. There's not another game until the Ducks on Saturday. So you've got one game in the span of six days, and that's at home against Buffalo after that trip. So, you know, that's why I'm thinking somewhere in there. And just a little bit more on the point you made, Gary, was, and I saw it in my previous stint in Boston, if you don't have a reliable backup, you are screwed. I saw it for two straight years in Boston where you know, they, they couldn't find two or three years. They couldn't find anybody that they were confident in behind Tuka Rask. Two of those years, they missed the playoffs. And they missed it. Uh, one day was the last day of the season. I think the other day might have been the next, whatever it was. So, and maybe it's a lot to put on one shaky performance from Malcolm Subban, but Shane and I were walk, up there watching that game, and he just didn't. 
didn't seem comfortable. Couldn't well, track. Or maybe it's all out. No, but no surprise. Yeah. He hasn't no, played I, in I, forever. I you. you know what yeah. I mean? That's why I would yeah. like to have seen him. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Subban play right. two but, preseason games. But to be games. fair, not all of those goalies had been seeing game action either. A couple of them had seen rookie game action, but, but when was the last time but, Oscar Dance yeah. could play? He's going to Chicago. I know that, but what I'm saying is Oscar Dance performed well, even though he hadn't played a game in a very long time. Okay, That's my point. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, everybody's different. Yeah, Russ for one, different for Russ for another. We know what we do know about Malcolm Subban is that confidence is very important to him. And. No, I mean, listen, I mean, he was a former first-round pick of the Bruins. I mean, he was one of those guys in the mix with Boston, Dave, that you were just yep. talking about. And secondly, you know, he, uh, you know, Oscar Dance played very well down the stretch, you know, with the Chicago Wolves. We know in very limited time with Vegas, he was fantastic. And you wonder, you know, is uh, how, how many opportunities does Malcolm get? I mean, we're way ahead of the game here. We'll see how he does in the regular season. But as we know, it's worth seeing. You know, how those guys are doing in the American League and how they perform at the NHL level when they had a crack. Of course, they had plenty of cracks last year. And when we talk about how the Knights succeeded, that team save percentage that Gary pointed out, it's a great point. I wonder, you know, not all shots are created equal. How strong the Golden Knights played in front of their goalies to help those shots be easier shots to stop and mm. very few rebound chances. And when you think about, you know, how the team stepped up when Flurry went down. I think it helped them. Exactly. That's my point. And so I, I, I wonder if they can do that again. You know, they, they're, God forbid, there's not another injury to Mark <laughs> Andre Flurry. Flurry. It's not right? have to go through the yeah, same procedure. Right. But, but in other words, that the, the rest of the group stepped up. They figured out how to play together more quickly yes. because they were under the Totally duress. agree. But could we avoid the five goalies by mid-November? <laughs> yeah, it's that's unlikely not what we're looking for. Not, and Subban's numbers. You know, when you get to the, the rubber meeting the road, his numbers were good last year. Yeah. Oh, his numbers fantastic. 12 3 and whatever. Yeah. Like 12 3 and 1. Rubber, rubber meeting the road. Rubber meets the road. Never heard of that? Yeah. That's how you do it. Tires meeting the road. Take. I got a quick question for you. Yeah. You ever pour something into a glass and think you're going to be drinking one thing and it's it's something completely different? I've been I've been drinking uh, regular water. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, I just poured a little sparkling in here and have, I said, holy smokes. Have you ever, uh, have you ever, have you ever, <laughs> have, down, have, have you ever oh, checked my. out of the hotel and known? <laughs> That you didn't buy anything at the bar, <laughs> and 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 found a whole bunch of expensive drinks on your bar tab. That, that, that was nope. one of the best uh, of last year. Just the way it all worked out, because you didn't check out right away, and they did it over your phone. He got a call from the hotel that he had all these drinks on his bill. What city that was, was in San Jose? That was San Jose. San Jose and right. That's funny because we're sitting in the media meal <laughs> and we're dying. eating, and I'm I'm trying not to get angry because, and the person is kind of, well, they're on your room, and I'm like, yeah. But, you know, send me the bill. Let me see the signature, you know, because it wasn't me. And then it clicked and I went, oh, was it a bourbon, one bourbon and two red wines? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Okay. Give away. I wonder who uh, that would be from. I'll, uh, I'll pay the charge. But uh, that's horrible. Uh, I, that, I didn't want to do it. But it, it wasn't me. And the better part was you were sitting at the table with us. Yes. And we were looking yeah. away because yeah. we didn't want to start laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did. They did. They wipe it. Wipe it out on you. Yeah, yeah. they did. They took, okay, they, took they took care of the that's charge. Horrible. But uh, we'll find out who did that when we go. Yeah, I don't know we, who I, we all know who did it. And his name is Shane. Knight. <laughs> and there's not ever if there's any prank ever that goes. You know what? That actually could be the the genius of, you know, of uh, Colonel Mustard did it with the candlestick because you always suspect it's 90 oh that has God. done this and yeah, you, could, I mean, you could get away with something. Yeah. We don't go until San Jose until March, now. by the way, yeah. so get ready well, for that. There's plenty of other places we can go, though. And <laughs> that was good wine, too. Yeah, uh, It was very tasty. Speaking of San Jose, let's take a look here at the Pacific Division. All right. Mm. Um, Gary, so uh, the other night on the, the television, uh, the, the TVs, uh, we did the Lawless and Order oh, thing together boy, for the first big time. Big debut right? for Dave. Uh, I was very nervous. You very, made the big time, man. Eh, yeah, I guess so. You've had it was, Bayak we, among a, a we should share. Right after we got off the air, we got a, a text from uh, Shane's old partner in crime, <laughs> Shane Nighty, who I used to do Lawless and Dennis Order with. Dennis Bayak. Sorry, Bayak. Shane's That's old Shane. partner in crime. Yeah, yeah uh, Dennis Bayak, who was saying that, uh, well, Dave, you finally made the big time. Yeah, yeah. You can now. I got some lovely pictures of uh, stills of you guys staring in each other's eyes. We're at the commercial break, and I said, Shane, did you hear that? How'd it go? Enough inside baseball. He goes, great. I got some great pictures. What do you want to know about My point being is this was on the Lawless and Order situation about the Golden Knights and the Sharks and the moves they made um, in the offseason 
as being, well, not, I'm going to put words in your mouth, to me, the two real power teams in the Pacific Division. Um, but how do you, you know, kind of expand on what we were talking about the other night, and how do you see this shaking out as we move forward? Yeah, I think that, you know, it won't surprise me. They play four times in the regular season, and it wouldn't surprise me if they played seven more on the second round of the playoffs, uh, you know, for a, a total of 11. And that would be the winners in that would be the, the fan base in Vegas and San Jose because they'd be 11 really, really good games. And by the end of it, there'd be some serious hate boiling on both sides. So, uh, I, I, you know, obviously San Jose is, is really good. I, I do think they have a couple issues. Um, they're going to have to figure out how to share the puck between Carlson and Burns. Uh, you know, they're not going to play them together, but they're both going to want power play time. And I also think that they've got an issue with the Vander Kane. Uh, they used him for a while on that first line with Pavelski and Thornton, but it's just not a mix. Pavelski and Thornton are thinkers. They take their time. They they look for seams and they pass the puck. And Vander Kane scored 29 goals last year. 307 shots. William Carlson has scored 43 on 184. What does it tell you? Evander Kane likes to shoot the puck. And Joel Thornton's going to get really tired of skating on the ice all, the night, all night for Evander Kane to shoot from all kinds of angles <laughs> and then have Joe go and chase it and drag it down. Joe wants to hold the puck, find an opportunity, and then give it to Evander Kane in his wheelhouse. They just don't, to me, they don't mix. And um, then you've got that second line that, you know, with Couture, Meyer and help me out, Dan Hurdles. Yeah, and Hurdle. 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 Yeah. They, they put Meyer up with uh, Thornton and Pavelski. That's right on the first yeah. line. So you got Hurdle with Couture and LeBanc on that second line. Then they move Kane down to the third line Whoa. with the, the kid from Finland, uh, Antti Suomela, yeah. plus uh, Donskoy. So that was the third line. That won't make number nine happy in San Jose. Well, no, and line. the thing about number nine is that he has, you know, he's produced a couple times, but usually on really bad teams. Uh, teams, he's only, he, he, the only. The first time he made the playoffs was last year when he got traded to San Jose at the at the trade deadline. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting uh, fit for me. And an unhappy Evander Kane makes for an, an unhappy dressing room. Yeah, he, yeah he, that he, line in two games when you had Kane with Thornton and Pavelski, and I understand it's preseason, but look what Marcia So Smith and Carlson did in the preseason. The three of them, when they were together for two full games, one assist for Kane. That's it. No points otherwise. Yeah. And that's why you give a chance in for Pete DeBoer to put him on the third line for the last preseason game to at least try exactly. something. Try and get something. But that said, I think San Jose and, and Vegas are going to be the two yeah, top teams sure. specifics. I think, you know, Anaheim and L.A., I see them very similar. They're both uh, their stars are aging. Uh, Corey Perry's out for Anaheim. Yeah, Is Kovalchuk yeah. going to be the answer? Can L.A. finally score? Well, preseason would show you not really. Uh, Goalies will have to be great. Anaheim, Gibson, Quick, and and LA. So I see them the same. And then I see Calgary and Edmonton as the two. I think Arizona and Vancouver will also be better. But Calgary and Edmonton are the two teams. I think Calgary, you know, they got got all that haul from some young, good young players from Carolina and Lindholm. They got Hannafin. They got the who's they got one more player in that. They signed James Neal as well. Derek Ray, and then I was going to say James Neal. So James Neal on the third line. Let's talk about that for a second. He's on the third line in Calgary, and it snowed there today. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine the texts coming from the kids and the guys in the Vegas dressing room as they're sitting at their pool today, texting? James Neal, you know, as he's out there with a with a with a the, the, pair of the, a pair of mufflers, a scarf, and a snow shovel, trying to get his Lamborghini or yeah, whatever the yeah. hell he drives out of the. Garage. I don't think he has that up there. It's, you don't think uh, so? No, no. Hey, it's really cooling down in Vegas. It's all of eighty-two degrees yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, he'll be missing that, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, he'll be pretty happy every. But Calgary, but Calgary is an improved team, and I think yeah, Edmonton's yeah. got the best player in the Edmonton's world. Edmonton's put up some incredible numbers. Great in the numbers. They're scoring a ton of goals They've in the got, preseason. They might have found a um, you know a guy named Tyra to fit yeah. right in with McDavid. He's still got Dreisaitl, who I think is an elite player, too. Uh, Ryan Nugent-Hawkins. I think, I think Edmonton's going to have a big bounce back here. So, for yeah. me, that's the And they the gave Pacific. Vegas a hard time last I, year, They too. did. And they're going to need they're going to need better goaltending. Talbot right. didn't. Talbot, yeah. They need not have a good year. Calgary can be now, the same thing said. Yeah, and, you know, was Edmonton, all right, they ended that 11-year drought two years ago in the playoffs. Last year, they weren't close again. 
is it the answer in the middle of them? I don't know. Maybe. Well, and, and that's a good point. I like, you know, mentioned that pack of those four teams, LA, Anaheim. They both got goaltending solidified. Gibson just signed a big contract. He's been great. Jonathan Quick. But Calgary and Edmonton have that speed, that youth up front more so than those two teams. So it'll be interesting. The two best teams in the Pacific last year that met in the second round got better in yeah. Vegas and San Jose. L.A.'s rolling the dice with Kovalchuk. Is he going to be the player he was five years ago? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they – and I'm, you know, you mentioned this earlier, Nides, and, and all right, Golden Knights won six out of seven in the preseason. I don't know how much stock I put into it. But, all right, you take what you have. L.A. won one game in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. One game. I talked to a pro scout you know, about, about L.A. on Sunday, and, uh, you know, his comment was that they were slow. And then he said Kovalchuk looked pretty quick in the preseason. He said, well, let's see how quick he looks in December and January right. once, once he's got some miles on those legs. Because oh. he, is, he is getting up there. It's 35. 35. That top line is age 35, 33, and 31. Uh, Carter and, and Kopitar. And no Dustin Brown for or, a while. Yeah. 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 Broken finger. Yeah. yeah. So. They do yeah. have Jonathan Quick, who, sure. when he's on, yeah. is as good as anybody in the NHL. Yeah. I don't think Anaheim got any better. And, no, and you pull I, Perry out of the mix. That's, well, actually, uh, to me, that does him a favor. Yeah. I, I, Corey Perry was a great hockey player. He has lost. Still going to get more, you 15 goals, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on but the power play, not. and but yeah. five on five. I, I, you know, to me, if you're the Golden Knights, you you lick your lips at the chance to play against Corey Perry. Um, all right, let's get to our last segment here. So, just in terms of uh, around the league, is there a team out there kind of laying in the weeds that you think might surprise you the most? A team that a team maybe that made it to the playoffs this year that could miss it, or vice versa. You know, a team that was close, couldn't get over the hump. Well, I'm going to say team, and, and we just mentioned, don't put a lot of stock in the preseason, but Carolina Hurricanes with Rod Brindamore, they had a real strong preseason. They, you know, just I mentioned the guys that went there, but, you know, Dougie Hamilton uh, went the other way. They're, they're a quick young team, and uh, it's their goaltending. I know Scott Darling got, got injured, but uh, they just picked up off waivers. Uh, Curtis McElhaney. McElhaney, yeah. who's yep. a solid backup, and uh, I, I could see Carolina being a team that surprises this year. The Washington Capitals won't get out of the second round. Oh, 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 oh but they're still, yeah, it's, it's got them still making playoffs. I thought you were going to say they weren't making playoffs. That would have been really uh, They might, they, they might miss. They might be like, Chicago, who missed, Chicago or L.A. miss the, after they won the Stanley Cup? They missed the very LA. next year. LA. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, good for them. They partied their you-know-whats mm-hmm. off this summer, and that's great. But I think it, uh, I, you know, it's hard to train when you're drunk. And, um, uh, you know, I just think that... How do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Some can do it. (laughs) Yes, uh, I... I'm going to skip that one. Because <laughs> right. um, it's only going to get me in trouble. Because yeah. we know I know one thing about one of those things, and it's not training. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I really wonder about them. Uh, and I, I think Pittsburgh, this is why I said they're not going to by the second round. Pittsburgh's going to bounce back this oh, year. Yeah. That was going to be my thought, Gary. Conversely, the exact opposite of D.C., of, of Washington, in that if you've got a Penguins team that has gone the distance, won two cups in a row, it's so hard. It just the physical demands. And then to be that close to getting back, lose to Washington, knowing how much they hate Washington in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, why not have the Penguins right back there among the top teams in the Eastern Conference? With an ex- a little bit more of an extended break from last year getting right. knocked out early and, you know, after back-to-back long runs. Um, you know, the last three cup champs have come out of that Metro division, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh and twice and then and then Washington. What a team what about a team like the Florida Panthers? Yeah. I was gonna say Buffalo too. You know, like it, Luongo wasn't healthy most of last year. If he is healthy, you know, can they've got some really good young players when you look at Barkoff and Huberdo among others. You know, that's a team that wasn't that far off last year. Everything all right over there, Lawman? Everything's yeah. fine for me. <laughs> you know, if they can get Luongo in there and stay healthy. Maybe they're a team that you know because who so who New Jersey got in last year? Yeah, they they met and, after missing it five years in a row. Yeah, you know so are those you know do they maybe just one of them get in and the the other team in the West? What about Dallas? 
They went out and made all these moves before last year. Ken Hitchcock back. Ken Hitchcock back. That lasted one year. Yeah, he's gone. Bishop yet. wasn't really that good. And no. They're loaded. Like, yeah. You know, but is it going to matter? They look good in the first half of the season. It just didn't last. Goaltending. Yeah. Yeah. And they went out and signed Bishop before last year at a huge Winnipeg will be a real interesting team to watch this year because they're in a situation where Patrick Laine is going to want every dollar in Western Canada to be put in his wheelbarrow at the end of this year and what will that do to the rest of their of their roster Uh, some some cap prognosticators will point at this year and say this is their window it's this year or uh, uh, or not for a while for them and and thinking about the central I mean St. Louis have been a, a playoff staple and you know, of course, they they deal players. They're clearinghouse, and then they went on the run, right? They they had some traded real, Stastny. Yeah, they traded the Stastny to Winnipeg, and then they had a really good finish to the season once they sold off those yeah. pieces. And then there's always that team, the Minnesota Wild, that seems to be a playoff team, but not more than one round. Did pretty well against the VGKs. Yeah, yeah, they hit. yeah, yeah. and the other team I was thinking about was Colorado. Nathan McKinnon carried that team to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, his line with Landeskog and Rantanen. But past that, you know, we did a, a game late in the year, Nides, and I remember, you know, we there was really nothing. Seconds, no. nothing right. there. Right. Secondary scoring. Now, for one season, they were able to get by. Now, they were out in the first round, but at least they got in. I don't know if they're going to – they're going to need, I think, more other guys pulling on that rope if they're going to be able to, to get in again uh, this year anyway. So – yeah, and when the Golden Knights visited Denver in the preseason, there wasn't much more than McKinnon. You know, McKinnon right. stole the show at times. Now, when the, the Avalanche came to Vegas for the preseason, most of the regulars were not on the lineup. So, I mean, yeah. of course, again, preseason, hard to take too much stock in it. But Well, we're getting ready tell. for regular season. Yep. Yep. Here we go. So, October the 4th is coming Thursday. Uh, Golden Knights, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, game one of the new season, and then the five-game road trip, as we talked about. Yeah. Dan and Gary, they'll be all over it on the radio. Me and Shane will be yapping away on the uh, on the television sets uh, yeah. throughout uh, the Rocky Mountain region. Interesting that in that first chunk of games, there's only one Western Conference opponent. Right. right? I mean, the Minnesota Wild on the road. Other than that, the Knights are playing a bunch of Eastern Conference teams, and the Flyers you play at home, and then on the road to cap that trip, then the Knights are done with the Flyers for the season. And then they're done with Buffalo right and after that, right, too. Yeah, right? exactly they come back right. and they play them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and a much different deal than last year. They had the two quick road games. One of them both, obviously, came back and had a long homestand and, and ripped off uh, six out of seven on that homestand. So... And time now for our guest of the day here on the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave Podcast, hashtag SLGND. Of course, our old friend Derek Stevens here from the D Hotel, brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company, the hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. And this working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive membership opportunities and memberships are available right now at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Derek, what's going on? Just another slow day in your life? What's shaking? Great to see you guys. Yeah. Summer's over and we're excited. <laughs> Must be pumped up. I know you guys have um, a lot going on here all the time, but you know, for the Golden Knights to get things back going again and um, you know, the season opener coming up on Thursday. We, you know, we were joking around earlier. It wasn't a long off season when you play into June, but it it sure seemed it anyways. You guys here must be ready to get going again, too. We're ready to get going. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, if, uh, if preseason was any indication as far as uh, fan enthusiasm, my goodness, I, uh, I I could not believe the amount of phone calls we received, people wanting to go to the games. And, and obviously what, what happened in preseason, these these did not seem like preseason games. No. These seemed these seemed like, like playoff games. It was crazy, you know. And you're looking around the league, and, and you know, I guess I'm Maybe I'm more accustomed to seeing, you know, you know, a few thousand people there. Season ticket holders, you know, are kind of forced to buy the tickets here. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> people flying in from out of town, and 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 the, the excitement is just terrific. And, and it extends even outside. And you're absolutely right. We've talked about that a lot. And and even the new guys, Emerson Stachny and Patch Reddy, just can't believe this is the setting for a preseason hockey game. But it's everywhere. It's all around town now. Is it getting ready for the regular season? Obviously, them winning in a preseason, everybody enjoys. I like to temper that a bit because it is. It, games don't count for anything but just the excitement and i think that's why it it seems so long is because how much everybody gravitated towards the team and the game and the 
game of hockey last season. That's right. I mean, I, you know, the, the first year you never know what you're going to get and what a great season it was. But then now I think I think this offseason, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second season in, in a manner a little bit differently because initially when the season began, there was energy, but but there wasn't necessarily momentum. The team did yeah. well, and, but now, I mean, now on Thursday night, you're hitting the hitting the uh, starting line, running, and the, the whole the whole community is just uh, is in a frenzy. It's amazing too. Like last year, there's no expectations. Really, you don't know what to expect. I mean, yeah, you expected them to play for the Stanley Cup. You know, nobody, <laughs> right? But now I'm curious to see. Like, there's you know, Shane and I were talking the other day about this. TSN, the uh, you know one of the websites in Canada, they had bold predictions, and one of their writers up there flat out picks the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup. So this is a team that has played one season in the league. They, you know, they blow away all expectations last year. I'm kind of curious to see. All right, year two, right off the bat. There's a lot expected from this team, especially with what, you know, you mentioned the, the additions of Pacioretty and Stastny and, and Holden and, and what they hopefully can bring to the mix here. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, for me, I'm at, I'm, I'm at Long Bar here at the D often. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on weekends, I, I always ask the customers, who do you like? What do you what do you uh, what are you thinking about? And everybody coming in from out of town wants to wants to uh talk about the golden knights and oh you know we're gonna get more points than last year this and that and and, uh um you know some of these numbers they just keep going up everyone everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon it's pretty cool no more 500 to one odds no no i think (laughs) those those are the days days of the past (laughs) i missed out on those uh (laughs) it's interesting there's fans everywhere for these golden knights it's kind of become worldwide they branded it vgk but here i think max patrick Ready had one of the best quotes we've heard. Said this city fell in love, like with the team. Now they're starting to fall in love with hockey, and I think that's so true. Is you know it was the team they loved first, which is great, but now they're loving the sport. And have you seen that here? Being as long as you have, seeing these people gravitate towards the game of hockey. And I know you're a big supporter and behind all the youth and the grassroots hockey that's growing here with the Junior Golden Knights. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, last year for preseason, what I did was I asked um, my directors, my managers, I, I asked how many of them had ever been to a hockey game. And it was less than half. And I asked them all to uh, dedicate a night to go see the hockey game because we, we want to talk about it. I want all my people here. I want all of our all of our people at the D to be excited and everything else like that. And and we took so many people to see their very first hockey game. And this is kind of what I mean how, how coming in this year there's momentum. Now we have people begging for the preseason <laughs> tickets. But but what, what what happened was you could see it throughout the year. It it we've developed hockey fans and Golden Knights fans and 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 the speed of the game the energy in T-Mobile has just been so great uh, no question hockey has a much larger fan base because of what happened last year uh, you had a, we had a great event here just a couple of weeks ago right the the at fan fest at the downtown uh, event center uh, what was that like to see you know that last year we had the great event middle of the season you know right out on Fremont Street and then to be able to bring it you know, to a venue like that, what did uh, what did you make of that night over there? Well, you know, I thought I thought it was just great. I mean, we we uh, we, we took FanFest from last year and then uh, moved it over to the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. A little more space. Uh, you know, there's a long red carpet, and uh, maybe the red carpet was too long. <laughs> it took it took the guys what an hour and a half to walk the red carpet. I, but uh, but you know the team, everybody's so darn friendly, and everybody wanted to shake hands and take pictures. Uh, it was it was a great event for the community. I think there were a lot of autographs signed and a lot of pictures that are now hanging on people's walls. So it was a it was a great great uh, great experience for everybody. And you um, were up there on the stage with us that night, talking about and now seeing the watch party coming up. Tell people about what they can uh, expect here coming up on Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, the the very first uh, road game of the season. We're gonna going to do uh, an official Vegas Golden Knight uh, watch party here at the D. Uh, uh, game time, um, you'll be in, uh, in, Minnesota. in Minnesota, so it's a 5 o'clock game, and uh, we should have some great weather here on a Saturday Saturday at 5 o'clock here in Vegas, and uh, we're going to have everybody out to watch on the 72-foot screen. So, I heard those games are great to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the announcers. Yeah. <laughs> 
So doors open at three. Yes. Puck drop at five over at the downtown event center. You're gonna, you're gonna, you'll be there. You'll be there. Well, what's the outfit? You, you have capes. You have jackets. The jacket. Uh, you have, you got something new? Oh, I, I've got, special. I've got something. I got something special for opening night here on Thursday, and we've got something for Saturday as well. So we're, we're looking forward. So to the it. people have that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a couple of your costumes. Well. Derek, we appreciate it very much. Uh, good luck with everything here at the D and um, and the watch party coming up on Saturday night. Great to have you back with us again this year. Thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to the season. All right, boys. Anything else? Is that have you about exhausted your knowledge for this uh, version of the party? That's all I got. All right, that's it from the law, man. <laughs> Nige, you were done twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Duva Dan, thumbs up here. Duva Dave. Dan made it through a healthy blood donation yesterday and yep. uh, lived to tell about it despite almost passing out. So eager to donate blood, Dave, it was just <laughs> rushing out of me. So great. Yeah, you know, it's, cold it's... compresses. <laughs> it was good. Cold I'm glad, over I'm a glad priest. That you all it was fantastic. It was so <laughs> great. Poor people in that room. I'm in one gurney. Gosher's against the wall, and Dan's kind of off to the left a little bit. And I look over, and they're all rushing over to him. Sympathetic me. Gosh, Doof is going down. What happened? I was fine. I was just talking to him five seconds before, yeah. and I see him surrounded by medical personnel. We should have had microphones. It was like we were doing a podcast live. The bottom line is, folks there. give blood. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It, it, go, it, it can be hey, we all did it. Yes, it could be entertaining. You might have one of your guys pass out on you yeah. almost. No, and it was good and, and to be around all the folks for the October 1 events, the, the visits right. that we have with a bunch of folks. Um, you know, I, I do remember listening to the, the police scanner uh, on October 1 last year and then to go to the communications dispatch center and to meet with those people was uh, an incredible experience for me, among others. We all got to go to some places and it was um, an important day for those people and I was I just felt very blessed to be part of it. Yeah, it was an honor for all of us to be a part of it a year later, to say the least. So. Thanks, Vegas, for letting us be part Absolutely. of uh, part of what what transpired over the and, last year. It's uh, and, I think we all say we, we, we all came here for jobs and we all found we all found a home. And you said it in your column, Gary, with a lot of thanks passed around, but I think more than anything it's thanks from us to all those who and everything they did. Yeah, for sure. So the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Day Podcast, coming to you from the Andriamo Restaurant, our friends here at the D Hotel in our corner booth, uh, table for four. So, uh, of course, the Golden Knights getting going here Thursday night against the Philadelphia Flyers, then the long road trip. And we'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Day Podcast.